You're listening to Radio Americana Detroit and tapdetroit.com. You know, if you want to be my friend, you not only have to have character, you have to be a character. That's why I called my friend Cole to sit in with us. He's the owner and proprietor of American Made Barbershop in Berkeley, Michigan. I didn't have a musical guest this week, so I asked him to sit in with me and Ron Carvin and Will Scott and myself. Night started out kind of really rough. You know, I was having problems with microphones and got to tell you the sound quality is not real great on this, but you can hear it. Sounds great. Well, it doesn't sound great. I just said it didn't sound great, didn't I? <laughs> not that bad. Listenable. Cole came in and talked about motorcycles Evil Knievel and tattoos and music. My buddy uh, Will he played some homemade songs about motorcycles and angels. So let's get into it. Radio Americana, Detroit. You're listening Radio Americana. I'm your host, Robert Lewis, as usual. Finally, after technical problems all night, we just have a kind of a it's kind of the what is it, a spontaneous podcast tonight. I threw together some shady characters and <laughs> standard procedure. One, one guy's got a guitar and another guy's got a hat. Another guy's got a poop. <laughs> oh, <I already> did. <laughs> so I'm sitting here with uh, Ron Carvinen, the owner of Radio Americana Detroit Studio. Wow, <laughs> that'd be me. Yeah, you get paid just as much as I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's my old trusty friend, and I mean old, <laughs> Will Scott. It worries him to trust me, though. Sometimes. <laughs> And then my other good buddy, way over there on the other side of this pole, <laughs> I can't see him. He's got a he's got a cute little pink microphone. I wouldn't have it any other way, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like he's. Well, we won't go there. Right, yeah. yeah, never mind. Right. Anyway, that's my buddy Cole Pointer. Everybody say hello to Cole Pointer. I can- Hi, Cole. Uh, gentlemen, it's good. It's it's good to be in the studio tonight. Uh, feeling uh, rather uh, rather frisky with this big uh, pink thing in near my <laughs> mouth. Uh, <laughs> a little awkward, but let's work through it, Bob. Don't act like you you've never done that before. <laughs> 
today. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. It was only one time. <laughs> and I was drunk. <laughs> when you when you were a bridge builder, nobody called you a called the bridge builder. <laughs> you build bridges oh, yeah, your whole I life. That, joke. Yeah. That's, that was hilarious. Oh, man. So what's new? Tell me a story, Cole. Tell me your story. Who are you? Uh, let's see here. Well, let's see. My story is uh, like most of the guys sitting here. Um, let's see. Uh, I have a, a, a Jewish mother and a, a redneck for a dad. So uh, my mom always used to say her boys were a better class of white trash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from, born and raised in... Uh, Actually, I was born in Detroit, and but I was raised most of my life in uh, Oakland County, the OC, for you peeps. And uh, let's see, my story. Well, long as it wasn't OCJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, old, how old were you when you got your first motorcycle? Oh, how old was that? Oh, that's an easy story. I was seven years old, the summer of seven, 77, and uh, my grandfather got me a Rutman minibike. And I'll never forget, my grandma said, Jack, just give it to him. He'll grow out of it and go on to something else. And uh, that little mini bike changed my whole life, changed my whole world. Here you are now. Yeah. Well, not on a motorcycle, but you would be. Right, right. Right. Here I am now. I can barely walk hobbling up and down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to pay off three hundred thousand dollars in hospital bills for my last accident. But I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way, you know? Your your last accident? How many accidents (laughs) you did? I had three, but my last one was enough to to hold me up for uh, you know, the last one was a doozy, but the first two, apparently when you're young, your bones are made out of rubber because yeah. you just bounce back up. But apparently uh, as you get older, something happens. You dry out. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. You snap like glass. Now. Snap like glass. <laughs> your signal's coming real, real clear, too. No, awesome. you don't have to move it. It's, okay, cool. It's fine where it's at. Just keep that pink thing tapping on your chest. <laughs> well, you know what? I, w- I would like to tell a story about somebody who really made a big difference in my young motorcycle life. And I would like to just give this woman a shout out because she was hands down the most beautiful, the funniest, just a, an amazing person. When I was a little kid, my mom had this friend, Joyce, and Joyce had this long strawberry blonde hair and she wore literally skin tight Levi's bell bottom black leather boots. She wore a little white tank top with no bra and she was from Louisiana. And when she talked, she had a twang in her voice that was like nothing other you ever heard in your life. And when I was a little kid, she used to come over on her little triumph and she'd pull up on that driveway and it was like, it was like life changing to know that this was a world that existed, you know, <laughs> beautiful women, motorcycles. And she used to take me for a ride in her bike and she put me on the front of her bike and her hair. She'd always lean over before she start that bike and she'd put her arm around me and she'd be like, hold on, Coley, with that crazy voice. And I remember thinking to myself, hold on. Honey, we ain't going nowhere, and I and I never want this day to end. And uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> she, she was like your leather Tuscadero, huh? She actually was. It's funny she mentioned leather Tuscadero because yeah. leather and pinky oh. Tuscadero oh, yeah. were literally, when I was a kid, um, even though leather Tuscadero, I don't know if you guys know this, but she only was on Happy Days for three episodes. Yeah, Susie Quattro. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and by the way, she's from Gross Point, Michigan. Yes. Um, Quattro? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... New Mike. Her, oh, her brother, the manager of the band? Oh, wow, that's crazy. Not for long, but yeah. But yeah, so Joyce was this woman when I was a kid that literally, like, changed my whole life as far as, like, motorcycles, the life, the lifestyle. Like, to know that women like that existed and there was a place for some fucking little long-haired, you know, non-conformist kid. And, uh, like, the motorcycle world for me was, like, it just changed my whole life. It just made me... It was the only place that I ever truly felt like, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to say belong, but and I don't even want to say fit in, but the only place that I really felt truly comfortable. Yeah. No, I understand, like... Like sometimes I feel like the only two times I feel <clears throat> focused and truly like right to the point in life is either when I'm playing music or when I'm riding my motorcycle. Hell yeah. So. And, and like the crazy part about a motorcycle is like I don't care what kind of motorcycle it is. It can be anything from a moped to a motorcycle right. to a little Honda to a big Harley Davidson. Like for me, they all have their magic and honestly i can honestly say this i don't think there's a motorcycle that i don't like you know i mean and that's what i like about you you're not like you love motorcycles and i do too i got nothing against crotch rockets i don't want one right i'll ride one just to see what it's like but you know i i like my old rumbly radley <laughs> antiquated Technology Harley Davidson. Yeah, you know, I just I like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's part of the charm. Harleys so. today are just so incredibly sweet. You know, I started out with a '64 Panhead. Nice. You talk about a constant pain in the ass, but I would not give the damn thing up until I got it to go really fast and. And somebody offered me too much money for it. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You talk about Panhead. The first Harley Davidson I almost bought is I almost bought a pan shovel from a guy named Ron Finch. And I love Ron Finch. Okay, so I, I, I used to go to Ron's <laughs> shop on my dirt bike because he had land, right? And my buddy told me, he's like, this guy Ron Finch will let you ride your dirt bike on his property behind his shop. Yeah, on Joslin Road. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'll never forget when I pulled up this guy's shop, these old buses and this broken glass and all this artistry, and this, and this dude comes outside, and he had, like, a rough crew, right? I mean, his crew that worked for him, I mean, like, it <laughs> was every, like... Love every one of them. Right, man. but I'm saying, I mean, these, these guys were a bunch of... This guy's a rough crew, right? And the guy's like, yeah. what are you doing here? And I'm like... Nothing. Someone said, if I talked to Ron, I could ride my bike. And the guy said, well, let me get Ron. And it's almost like they brought out this wizard, right? This little, <laughs> tiny, creepy wizard. He's like, hey, kid, what's up? And I was like, nothing. I'm like, hey, Ron, I was wondering if I could ride my dirt bike. He's like, listen, man. 
He's like, not only can you ride your dirt bike, he's like, but there's beer in the fridge. I go, I'm only 17. He goes, beer in the fridge, marijuana behind the counter. He's like, make yourself at home. And I was like, this is the greatest day of my life, right? So people ask me all the time. They're like, when I was really young, how do you know Ron Finch? Do you have like shoppers? Do you have this? Do you have that? I said, no, I have a Yamaha YZ125 dirt bike <laughs> that I ride out of this property. And they're just like, that's kind of a lame story. <laughs> and I was like, so oh. were, you, were you there when he uh, smashed his face trying to ride the eel wheel? I was not there for that. But um, uh, I, I um, for me, horrible, like man. Ron Finch was one of those guys where Again, he was another person that I met that I couldn't believe still existed. Like, I couldn't believe this, like, dude just was like this wizard that had a castle and all these hippie buses. And they were, like, offering me food and beer and whatever the fuck else you wanted. And they didn't give you a time limit. They weren't like, hey, man, you got an hour. Get out of here. They were like, man, make yourself at home. See you yeah. later. Yeah. And it was, like, so refreshing yeah. to know that... That still existed for so, me. So, Will, why don't you play that song? <clears throat> um, Before he does, can I oh, say something? Sure. Can you hear me from here, Bob? Yeah. Yeah, barely. Okay. Yeah, I had a couple well bikes. First one I bought at a garage sale. It was a Sears 250. It looked like a mini road bike. Nice. For 175 bucks, and I, and I kept it a year, sold it for 300 It only had 11 miles on it. The guy who bought it owned a tool and die shop, and he was a bargain hunter car excellence he'd buy shit just because it was on sale and his house looked like the garage and basement looked like a warehouse kind of like your house no <laughs> no anyhow so so then i bought a triumph tiger okay 750 twin what i really wanted was a sportster but at the time sportsters were 3200 dollars i could get my brand new tiger for 1800 so nice. that's what i did and i had that for three years and i wish i still had it <laughs> Is that your story? That's my story. That's his story. You're sticking to it. I'm sticking to it, but that's my story. So play that that one uh, motorcycle song about when you were a kid. I was just trying to figure out what key that's in. Yeah, Cole, you're going to love this. somewhere it's in there it's on this guitar neck somewhere <laughs> I think that's it yeah that's it that's it <sighs> yes I was a biker before biking became a fad Born in 1946 I caught biking from my dad Standing behind the front seat Of the old Chevy as a child Whenever a motorcycle passed us by It always drove me wild Waiting for a train to pass 
They had their motors all turned off The train got by and they all gave a kick And then they all took off But then one motorcycle wouldn't start Probably a Harley, the man kicked it about 18 times It popped and snorted, smoked and wheezed And then started to run just fine But all the aerials, hogs and Indians Had all pulled over in a row Watching in their mirrors and over their shoulders Waiting for that one road Then his rear tire started smoking, man When his front wheel rose I told my daddy right then and there Daddy, I want one of those Guess I was a biker before biking became a fad Influenced by my brother and my cousins No matter what kind of bike they had Yes, I was a biker Before biking became a fad On a worn out stolen Cushman Eagle Or a lawnmower motor on a bicycle Or a beagle tied to a tricycle <laughs> I caught biking from my Indian riding dad True story Is that a new version of it? Yeah, I think so Yeah, especially on the guitar I'm like, wait a minute, it's not, there's a chord I'm missing Last time around I found it You know, you know how that works Hey Alright, well Let's take a break. We'll, uh, let's take five, and uh, we'll come back. Yeah, I want to go smoke. The, that pavement is a pretty tough competitor. It's tough when you hit it. Uh, I've had a lot of guys ask me what it feels like. I told them, just get on the hood of your car and have your buddy drive you down the freeway, and when he gets to 80, you bail off. You'll find out what the hell it feels like. Sitting back in your rose pink Cadillac. 
We're back with Cole, Will, and Ryan, and a straggler came in. His name's Randy. Someone left the door open at the dispensary, and yeah, Randy worked his way in. <laughs> homeless, homeless guy wandered in. Right. A guy smoking weed was with, with 12 pieces of chicken just wandered in the door, and I'm not even making that shit up, all right? It's a normal happening. A here. normal happening. My first time here, right? We're special. It was a rough, it was a rough day holding a sign on the corner. Yeah, there so he I, did good. So I could get some weed and some chicken. We love you, Randy. So let's uh, talk about, hold on a second there, Will. I'm going to lead you into another song. Hold on a minute. So, um, oh, you can hear that? Yeah. Well, you're playing the guitar, right? There's <laughs> microphones in the room. Oh, well, the microphone's right over the guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. And I'm not even smoking weed. <clears throat> you still don't get the concept of microphones yet, do you? <laughs> yeah. no, I don't want to either. Whenever I'm trying to set the microphone up for Will... I'll move it closer to him, and he'll 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 move back, and then talk louder. <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't do what I promised I was going to do before you got set up. I was going to lean on that mic, touch my nose on it, and scream real loud. No, don't do that. No, I won't do that. Don't do that. I promise. So Cole, yes, sir. Cole's got a special. Uh, what's the word? You you love Evil Knievel. Uh, I actually would marry Evil Knievel Bob <laughs> if, if he were still alive. <laughs> if he was still, I would actually dig him up and, uh, <laughs> and want to hang out with Evil Knievel. Yes, I. Is love he still him. alive? No, he's no. not alive. Oh. No. Oh oh, dig him up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dig him up. Duh. He got a he got a bad liver. <laughs> jumped in line for a new one. And then fucked that one up too. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely did not make some good decisions. I believe Bob, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bob probably actually did Evil Knievel's last interview. I don't know. I don't know if I did, and I don't know if it was his last one, but I did talk to him. Yeah. Oh well, well, you're talking about ruining your liver. If you were going to jump the Grand Canyon on a motorcycle, wouldn't you want a couple of shots down your first? Yes. Was it really a motorcycle? I mean, come on. Was it really a motorcycle? (laughs) Right, right. No, it was not. It was a rocket. It was a rocket. It was a rocket disguised (laughs) as a sportster. Yeah. (laughs) Still, I'd I'd want a couple of shots of Jack or something. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, this is going to hurt. So, Cole, you... You had a uh, replica of his jacket made up, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it hanging up wow. in your barber shop. Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually, uh, I, I actually uh, have a replica by the company Bates, who actually made Evil Knievel's suits, and um, I'm very proud of that jacket. Um, oh, well, I'm wearing Bates boots. Oh, there you go. Hey, there and you, go. Uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I'm a super Evil Knievel fan. Always loved Evil Knievel. Had a chance to meet him. Back in '93 at the World Motorcycle Trade Show, was he drunk? I was actually met him at a bar, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I can see why he doesn't have a liver. But one thing I'll say for Evil Knievel is uh, he was very gracious and very just—he was everything you want your hero to be. Yeah, you know, and he did not disappoint. And not only that, when I ran into him the first time, he was signing some 
autographs for a product that he had out. And I asked him if I'd get a picture. And he said he said he couldn't do it because if he did it for me, he'd have to do it for everybody. He said, but why don't you come to the hotel bar tonight? I'll be there at 8 o'clock and you have all the pictures you want. That way I'm not working. And I thought that he was kind of just like kind of brushing me off. And uh, sure enough, I said to my buddy Mike, who had Cycle Mart, where Bob and I used to hang out yeah. all the time. Um, I said, Mike, we have to go see if Evil Knievel's there. He's like, he's not going to be there. And I said, no, Evil Knievel said he's going to be there. He'll be there. He's <laughs> a man of his word. Sure enough, I walked down at the bar like 8.01, and there's Evil Knievel with a drink in his hand, a <laughs> smile on his face. And I got a great picture of the Evil Knievel. Bob, I've sent you that photo. I mean, yeah. just a great yeah. photo. Wow. Like, my friends say to me when they see that photo, he looks as happy to meet you as you do to meet him, which is crazy because I don't even know why he was happy to meet me. Well, well, <laughs> that reminds me of, your, cold, man. of you meeting uh, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, yeah. He Christopherson, was, he, was he was a great guy. Yeah, he was everything I hoped he would be, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know when you meet people and you think they're going to be a certain way and they're, <laughs> let's just say they're not anything you thought they would be? Um yeah, that was too... Well, well yeah, because I thought you were going to be a way bigger asshole than you are. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't know you. Yeah, going back to Hulk Hogan, I will say this. He literally... I've never met somebody in my life that right off the bat was a bigger asshole. I mean, he literally wow. was like... I was like, what the fuck, right? Like, it's not like I went out of my way. It was kind of like... Yeah. daughter dad and she was super cool and you know i thought you know and obviously i you know like you think about like her like i mean maybe like it just took him off you know like caught him off guard but when he looked me up and down it was like you know <laughs> it was almost like I mean, like, I felt like this, like, 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 I could have crawled out from under the door. Like, he was like, hell no. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't even want my daughter talking to you, let alone I'm not going to be talking yeah, yeah. to you. So, so tell about Roddy Piper now. No, I'm not telling that story, Bob. I feel Do I have to tell it and then you jump in? Go ahead. Who's that? You're at the, he was a wrestler too, oh, Rowdy, no. Rowdy Piper. Oh, no, I didn't. Pulled know. up in this big pickup truck. And he got out, and you're like, hey, Roddy. And he was like, hey, how you doing? He was really cool about And then you told him the story about Hulk Hogan. And then he asked you, he goes, well, what'd you think? <laughs> right. He goes, well, he was an asshole. And he goes, yeah, that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> All right, well, Bob said it first. And, uh, and, and I will say this, that that guy was the real deal. Like, like he was everything, like, when you meet somebody – like, you can't believe how cool they are, and you can't believe those two guys did the same job for a living. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because I could honestly say, I was like, wow, that's refreshing. And then, like, the other one, I was like, God, I hope he hurts himself in the ring. You know what I mean? <laughs> Didn't you meet Kimbo Slice one time, too? I did, actually. You know what? My friend Claire, who is a piano teacher, who is this 98-pound, just gorgeous little brunette, and she taught piano... She lived in Coral Springs, Florida, and she lived in this little gated community out in the suburbs. And literally, as we're going for a walk, this guy cruises by on one of these, I don't know what they're called, but they're like 
They're like a trike, but the two wheels are in front. Like Slingshot, scorpion, something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But it was actually like a motorcycle. So it's like yeah. a snowmobile trike, <laughs> and the wheels are in front. Right. And all of a sudden, just like crew, these like, yeah, these crazy, just like these like just the, the craziest, toughest looking black dudes you've ever seen in your life. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Kimbo Slice, right? She goes, he lives right down the street from me. I said, I got to meet this guy, right? This guy was fucking awesome. It was like, I walked up and I said, Kimbo, he's like, do you know me? I said, no, but I just like to shake your hand. And he's like, get over here, brother. And he gave me like a hug, like a family member that he had not seen in like 10 years. And I must've been like, like glowing was, I was like, holy shit, Kimbo slice, (laughs) the king of the backyard brawl. Like, and, and this was when the UFC took him in. So he had like, um, I mean, as you know, Bob, I mean, he went from being an internet sensation to like a household name. And and he was, I mean, God, he was, I mean, he was one of the few people like a celebrity when he died. Like, like I definitely felt it because we need more people like him out there representing for, you know, the famous folk because he definitely, (laughs) man, that guy was amazing and super cool. And if I had a three wheel trike, I'm sure he would have let me join the gang. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you uh, play a song, Will? Play a song? Yeah, play a song. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. play, uh, Play another motorcycle song. Flip a switch, turn a key, push a button or kick it. Wheels, motor, handlebars, enough to get a ticket. You can drive your car in the rain to stay dry, but you know bikers, they'd rather ride cause they're biker born and biker bred. And when we all die, we'll be biker dead. Biker born and biker bred. And when we all die, we'll be biker dead. Bungee-packed and leather-clad Hope the traffic ain't too bad Topped-off tanks, one last cup Be in the wind before the sun comes up Tired of working, got no chains Bills are paid and it might not rain Get on your scooter and get yourself gone It's the most fun you can have with your Clothes on, cause you're biker born and biker bred, and when we all die, we'll be biker dead. Biker born and biker bred, and when we all die, we'll be biker dead. Met this biker woman, her name was Sue, and her and her old man were covered with tattoos. He looked at me and he let a big fart. He said, ain't just in your skin, bro, it's in your heart. Cause you're biker born and biker bred, and when we all die, we'll be biker dead. Biker born and biker bred. And when we all die, we'll be biker dead. So ride a Honda or a Harley or a 
Oh, ride one of them crotch rockets, that's okay. I'll keep my hairy old biker ass out of your way and you can ride them fast. Ride them hard, but don't you forget your organ donor card because you're biker born and biker bred. When we all die, we'll be biker dead. Biker born. Biker bread, and when we all die, we'll be biker dead. So then ride a Harley, a Honda, a victory. If you like it, man, it's fine with me. Cause it's good if you're going, and good if you've been, and it's all good when you're in the wind. So ride your own road, be your own man, work when you have to, quit when you can. Drink when you're thirsty and whoop when you're high. Love a good woman and ride till you die. Cause you're biker born and biker bred. And when we all die, we'll be biker dead. Biker born and biker bred. And when we all die, we'll be biker dead. You know what, Will? I've actually heard you do that song before. I heard it at... um. Uh, the place we were just talking about, Bob. Um, or oh, mi- Mr. Biggs. Yeah. Oh, you heard that before. Yeah, okay. yeah. Was I playing okay. with him? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I see. <laughs> so how, how many tattoos do you think you have, Cole? Uh, my whole body. Yeah? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. thousand? I would say, well, I mean, I would say, let's see. Um, I would say 33 years and... Out of 33 years, I only have, like, my face, and that's pretty much it. Other Not, areas. Yeah, what I'm saying. yeah, my face. All right, take your shoes off. I mean, they're done, too. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but uh, I definitely fell in love with tattoos at an early age. Wow. Yeah. What was your first tattoo? Do you know? Yeah, I do, actually. I was uh, up in Ann Arbor, and I was there's this guy named Painless John, and I remember I was like 16 years old and he said, you have any ID? And I said, no. And he goes, all right, we'll sit down. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. I was like, why'd you ask for ID? He goes, that's not make sure you're not a cop. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a cop, dude. He's like, you know what you want? And I'm like, I've got an idea. And I got this little tiny yin yang on my back. And then I never forget, like I got the tattoo and I thought it was so cool. And I had this friend, Dave Linsenmeyer, who, uh, by the way, Backstory about Dave. I was 13 years old walking across Warner Middle School field and I see this dude. He's probably like three or four years older than me, like six foot four. He's got a couple of really shitty tattoos on him. And I had this mohawk and I said, Hey man, what's your name? And he's like, What's your name? He goes, And what happened to your fucking hair? And I go, Oh, this is a mohawk. He goes, I know what it is, asshole. You look ridiculous, right? <laughs> and, I go, and I had my buddy Rudy with me. And I'll never forget to this day. And I still see Dave all the time, right? And um, Dave looks at me and goes, where are you guys going? I go, we're going to the party store to get some smokes. I'm like, you want to go? He's like, and be seen with you losers. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And I'm like, we have a pool at my house. He's like, yeah, I'll come with you. So so Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave came over and we became like instant friends. Dave was actually at my bar mitzvah. That's how close we were, right? So when Dave was younger... Dave just got out of juvie and had all these shitty tattoos on him. He started going to eternal tattoos, right? So Chris, who's like a very dear friend of mine today, was the guy tattooing Dave. And then so when I got this tattoo from Painless John, 
I went to show Chris and he's Chris. I'm like, Chris, check it out, man. Painless John did it. And he didn't even need ID. He's like, we don't need ID either. We need money and you to keep your fucking mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, let me fix that. And then he covered it up. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? Like my first tattoo didn't even last six weeks before somebody covered it up with something else. And then from that moment forward, I've been a big fan of uh, eternal tattoos and um, everything else, you know? My my daughter just started working for a... Shame on me, I forgot the the name of it, but it's a a lot of tattoo shops around here and it's all owned by the same people. Is it it eternal or... Uh, Maybe it is, I don't know. But she's a receptionist, you know, takes, you know, sells the after product stuff that okay. you, you know and uh geez i maybe i should call her right now and say all right who are you working for <laughs> well, the, well the well the funny thing about the guys at eternal this is actually an ongoing joke the guy tramp wheeler who owns eternal literally when i was at their annual party right uh i was in a wheelchair after my motorcycle accident they used to sell cowboy boots, right? So when I was a kid, Tramp's like, are you going to buy some boots? I go, Tramp, I go, those are size 12. I'm a size 8. He's like, you'll grow into them, right? <laughs> so I'm like, Tramp, I'm not buying the boots. So literally, they're wheeling me up in my wheelchair, and my leg is still like uh, in this cast, and it's all swollen up, and it looks like literally like a watermelon. Tramp's sitting at the front gate. He looks right at me, and this is going back from 1986. He goes... I bet you those boots will fit you now. And I was like, (laughs) 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 I said, Tramp, I'm not buying the damn boots. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit that um, goes with motorcycle, tattooing, drinking, drugging, and hanging out in places you shouldn't be. Right, Bob? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes, Ron, would you like to say something? <laughs> Ron raised his hand. I saw my first tattoo when I was about 10 years old, and it was my mom's uncle, brother, Burnoff, yeah. Uncle Burn, okay? And and he got it when he was in armed services. And it looked like a dagger going under his skin. And it was, I mean, compared to what you got there, it was a pretty primitive tattoo, but it, it went to the length of his Forearm on top, and I thought, oh, man, I want to get one of those someday. <laughs> yeah. My sister's got a couple <laughs> tattoos. She beat me to the punch. You know what's funny is when I was a kid growing up in the yard, there's this guy named Freddie, and Freddie had an old pan head, and he wore, like, a leather cap and overalls, and he had fucking covered in tattoos. He was stationed in Hawaii, right? And he'd, like, hula girls on his hips and shit. My, my grandpa would always be like, I don't want you hanging out with Freddie. I can tell he's having an influence. Leave <laughs> <laughs> it. Okay, don't talk it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. <clears throat> don't touch it. He touched it. Yeah, so when I was a kid, Freddie was like the first guy I ever knew who had like <laughs> serious, like he was fucking, he looked like he escaped from the circus. <laughs> and I admired that. Well, <laughs> escaped, huh? Yeah, I mean, I thought they'd just you know? let you come and go at the circus. Well, I mean, the thing is, I, I, <laughs> I, I think, I think somehow back then that subculture, really, there was kind of like, there was definitely a camaraderie amongst motorcycle people, and I feel fortunate to have kind of caught the tail end of that. 
where people just kind of got together just for the love of motorcycles, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember being at a lot of rallies and stuff, and people look at me weird because they didn't have any tattoos. And everybody I'm hanging with, you know, all my bros and shit, they're, you know, solid ink, you know, clear their chin. <laughs> and since they didn't give a shit if I had tattoos or not, then pretty soon the whole crowd is saying, oh, okay, he's not a cop. Right. <laughs> you know, he's, not, he's not an agent of some right, sort. Right, he's not with the FBI. <laughs> but, you know, I don't have uh, not one tattoo. I, I got plenty of scars, but yeah. no, no tattoos. I mean, I think that, you know, tattoos, I mean, like for me, like I've just always loved just, you know, I just like the process of getting a tattoo and like, hanging out with your buddies and it was always just like it was always a good time i think unfortunately now it's like i feel we are gonna see like a tattoo shop in every single corner like you used to have to go to like the shitty part of town and like risk like getting your ass kicked and like oh, something yeah. bad happening to you and mel, like, mel the head yeah mel the head ferndale yeah. yeah right next to the liquor store yeah mel the head i haven't god i've heard that name in forever he had a spider tattooed he had a cobweb tattooed on his head with a spider and i just remember going that is one dude you do not want to fuck with you know what i mean <laughs> nowadays if i saw the guy with the same tattoo i'd be like great that's jeff the hairdresser he works in ferndale <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> you know? like you can't even tell the difference you know what yeah, i mean yeah it's kind of like yeah. buffalo plaid like back when i was growing up like plaid shirts you know, shirt you're wearing, like this guy works for a living, knows what he's doing. Nowadays, I'm like, great, another 30 year old kid that lives at home with his mom who has a tech job. You know what I mean? 30 uh, year old hipster with, yeah, 30, a, with a <laughs> handlebar mustache. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Going to the lumberjack convention. <laughs> right. Oh, those guys are the worst. Yeah, we don't want nobody telling us what to do, we don't want nobody pushing us around. I apologize. But tell me, just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. We want to be free to ride. And we want to be free to ride our machines without being hassled by the man. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time.
rain and snow I didn't have no pharaoh, not even no place to go And my dear mother left me when I was quite young When I was quite young And my dear mother left me when I was quite young When I was quite young She said, Lord, have mercy on my wicked son Don't you cry no more, don't you cry no more Take a hint from me, mama, please Don't you cry no more, don't you cry no more Cause it's soon one morning Down the road I'm gone But I ain't going down that Long old lonesome road All by myself But I ain't going down that Long old lonesome road All by myself I can't carry you baby Gonna carry somebody else can smoke shit, man. It's legal, still legal to drink wine, so. <laughs> well, it's legal to smoke weed, too. That's right. You forget. Anyway, so Cole has a barber shop really? in Berkeley, Michigan, don't you? I do. It's, Tell us about that. It's, uh, it's What's actually, it called? It's called American Made Barber Shop. It's uh, 
we specialize like just like classic traditional men's haircuts and yeah, it just kind of, kind of, kind of looks like the studio down here. It and, does. You know, <laughs> literally, it's like I feel like I'm still at work right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I deal with the general Perfect. public all day, and uh, Perfect. a comfortable atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, if you've ever dealt with the general public all day, you definitely, um, you you definitely uh, know why I should go back to drinking and smoking because. Uh, <laughs> They well, make it difficult. Well, that's another thing. You know, I'm really proud of proud of you how how you really cleaned up. I mean, like, not to get into all your, <laughs> all the bad shit you you've done in life, but uh, I embrace the bad shit. But dude, you don't. I mean, you went from fucking hanging out with the outlaw bikers, not the outlaws, but you know that type, <clears throat> smoking, drinking, tooting, all of it. I miss those days, Bob. <laughs> well, well, maybe you're not completely rehabbed. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, but you like you don't even smoke anymore. You don't you don't even drink coffee. I know, but you know what? I, I've learned in life it's 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 easier to say just I can't have one than to say I'll just try to manage my bad habits. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I mean honestly, I mean, people ask me all the time, I mean, do you miss that? I'm like I do. I do miss it. Sure. Um, I miss the fun that came with it. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the hanging out late at night. Um, you know, I mean, who doesn't love the lifestyle? Who doesn't love the nightlife? I mean, it's something that just, <laughs> I mean, I'm sober and I still love the nightlife. You know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. So, but, but look at yeah. it this way. Where are all those people now? They're there, all, there's a few around. I'm few, here. Uh, yeah. I'm here. Bubba's still around. Yes. Well, some of them aren't dead yet. You know, I think I think the sad part is just what happens to most that live that life is that you will trade all the things you love for all the things that are going to be the end of you. You know what I mean? It's like I can't tell you how many bikes I've seen get sold, how many people quit riding, how many people rather sit on a bar stool, drink, do coke and talk about what they used to do. And for me personally, like. I mean, like after my accident and, and, and taking a year off, not even be able to walk, like Bob and I went for a ride. We went out to Holly and I remember just feeling like I can't tell you how elated I was just to, I felt so alive on every level. And like I, I told Bob, you know, we got at the gas station. I said, man, I said, this is, I, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Like, I mean, this completely sober at 10 o'clock in the morning, just hanging out at a shell gas station and going on a ride. I mean, it was, it was magical, man. And Bob took me to all these crazy places that were in my own backyard. Like I didn't even know where K-Pack was. I've lived here my whole life. And Bob's like, I'm going to take you to a place called K-Pack. There's one house. And I'm like, I can't wait, Bob. You know what I mean? One house. Fields and fields of carrots. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, no. but right. I mean, I will yeah. say this: the like one person that actually I know it's crazy. After all these years, thirty years, knowing Bob, it's like Bob is equally crazy excited to go riding on a Sunday morning for an hour or two. 30 years later as he was when he was a young dude. It was like, Bob has never lost his enthusiasm for going for a ride. And like, that's why I think I always like riding with Bob because I think like 
Bob's one of the few people that like I'm having a good time and I'm like smiling and Bob never looks at me like, why are you smiling, bro? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, because we're on our motorcycles, you know? And <laughs> You're on a motorcycle. You got to smile. You, you got to smile. But too, it's crazy because when we get those days that are like the sun shining and it's warm and, and everything's coming together. I mean, I, Bob's like one of the only people I know still riding that really appreciates that and, and doesn't undervalue the fact that how many days do we have like this? I mean, we get you know, maybe, you know, a couple hundred in a lifetime where everything is just perfect. And to be smart enough to know what's happening when it's happening. I mean, Bob is, Bob is always that guy. I mean, you can always look over and see Bob and you know, he's always all smiles. He's also fucking miserable when the fucking, the rain starts and the traffic's heavy and (laughs) Bob wants to get out and give someone a karate chop in the face. You know what I mean? But, but that's just Bob. He's working through that. (laughs) I told him not to do that. I haven't hit anybody in a long time. <laughs> good, good. I'll tell you a funny story about Save Bob. One day I, I, I was in a boxing ring with Bob, and uh, Bob was showing me some moves right back when Bob was doing his kickboxing. And I had his mouthpiece in my mouth, and Bob was get, probably getting tired of beating the shit out of me for the last half an hour. And I, I said, Bob, I said, do you want me to take the mouthpiece out? He goes, no, nah, when I want, I'll just punch it out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it happened. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good time. You know what? That's one of those moments that I really wish. I think think you spit your mouthpiece out, and I said something like, if I want your mouthpiece, I'll knock it out of you. Yeah, something like that. I mean, either way, I was having a hard time breathing and tired of getting punched in the head. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, it it does wear you down. Yeah, it does. It's like one of those things you're like... You know, I can't even see straight right now. I mean, but uh, I definitely, um, that's one of those moments in life where I wish, that's something I wish I would have stuck with, would, was going to the gym and doing the boxing. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but you can only do it for so long. Yeah, some guys still go for it. Uh, I, mean, I think I remember have... getting on your on your case about that, you know. Hey, look, you're a dad. Your kids are young, you know. You, you don't want to be... A basket case in a hospital somewhere. You had to ease up on that shit. <laughs> now I'm a basket case in Ron's basement. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Right. A lot of good that did, Will. <laughs> Let's play a song, Will. Wait a uh, minute. How about we take a break and then we come back with you playing a song? Yeah, because I got to pee anyway. Okay. Ron's been making me drink wine. Yeah, he's making you. I'm I saw sorry. him twisting your arm. Trying to be helpful. I'll see if I can remember that song. Of the angel song. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a we'll true come, story, too, man. We'll come back. This is a spooky song. All right. We'll be back. You're listening to Radio Americana. I'm your host, Robert Lewis. Or Bob. Tonight I'm Bob. Tell me what that means. BRMC. What does it mean? Black Rebels Motorcycle Club. <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> hey, Johnny, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? It's a true story. I was partying all day at the Hog's Breath Saloon down there in Old Key West. I'd had 20 amber box at six raw shrimp. Man, I was a drunken mess. I prayed to God let me look straight while I ride my motorcycle to the mobile on Big Pine Key. 
You know, God takes care of drunks and fools. I prayed, God, take care of me. So I wobbled to the pumps and I filled the tank. Parking was gravel and rock. I put the side stand down, got off to go in, but the side stand did not lock. In the blink of an eye, she's laying on her side, looking like an old beach whale. Now if the cops come around asking questions, my breath will send me straight to jail. So I tried and tried, could not stand the thing up cause the gravel was just so loose. Threw my back out of whack and mumbled to myself, this gravel has cooked my goose. Then a voice from behind, sweet and kind, said, do you need a little help, sir? And I said, yes, ma'am, and I was glad still am to see she was not an officer. <laughs> she looked real cute in her sandals made of jute and her yellow and white sundress. I just knew she was gonna call some big bubba to help me out of this mess. But then she looked at me and it was plain to she see she knew I was hurting and drunk. She just squatted down her whole 80 pounds and put her skinny little arms under the trunk. And I'm thinking she must be crazy. We're gonna be here all night. So I said, okay. And without even a grunt, she put my big motorcycle upright. I said, thank you very much. She said, you're welcome. And I made sure the side stand locked down. When I turned to thank her again, she was nowhere to be found. And I looked behind the pumps and up and down the road, no sign of her white and yellow dress. I never saw a car at the pumps, so she must have went inside, I guess. So I went inside to get my coffee like I had promised God I'd do. And when I inquired, they told me in the last hour, nobody's been here but you. So I was drinking coffee when the cops pulled in. We exchanged our pleasantries. I thought it best not to tell about the divine assistance I had received there on Big Pine Key. Now some folks say you were just drunk, Will. Picking up a motorcycle's no big deal. But this all happened to me and then I was there and I swear, angels are for real. Amen. True story, bro. I love it, Mikey, yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. All right, Cole's gotta get out of here. He's gotta go get his old lady from the bar. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was She's been at the bar all day. She's been I, day I, drinking and half the night drinking. I'd like, I'd like to say that, like I said, being sober has not kept me out of the bars. And um, yeah. Uh, you know, whoever said, uh, well, what's that old expression, Bob? I could never stand a drunk man sober or a sober man when I was drunk. They, they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> all right, well, guys. Thanks for having me, and thank you for your hospitality, and uh, thank you for making me feel like I'm still at work being here. And don't forget, if you want if you want a haircut or your beard trim, go see Cole at American Made Barbershop. American Made American Made Barbershop in Berkeley, Michigan. What's the name of the street? What's the uh, address? It's called. Uh, it's called. <laughs> Hold on a second. Maybe I'm drunk too. Uh, three four three five Robina Avenue, Berkeley, Michigan, right behind the Berkeley Theater. 
Ask for Cole. Ask for Cole. I mean, it's a small place. Hopefully you'll find me. But thank you guys for having me. And um, thank you for, uh, thanks for everything. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun to have soon. you, brother. Well, it was good to have you. And listen, uh, for whatever it's worth, now that I know where you live, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, too. Lunch party. <laughs> nice to meet you. Get him the hell out of here, will you, please? Get him out of here. Throw him out. You know, this used to be a hell of a good country. I can't understand what's going wrong with it. Man, everybody got chicken, that's what happened. Man. Hey, we can't even get into like a second-rate hotel. I mean, a second-rate motel, you dig? And they think we're gonna cut their throat or something, man. I'm like, they're scared, man. Oh, they're not scared of you. They scared of what you represent to them. Amen. Oh, we represent to them, man, as somebody who needs a haircut. Oh, no. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about, all right. But talking about it and being it, that's two different things. I mean, it's real hard to be free when you are bought and sold in the marketplace. Of course, don't ever tell anybody that they're not free, because then they're going to get real busy killing and maiming to prove to you that they are. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to talk to you and talk to you and talk to you about individual freedom. But they see a free individual, it's going to scare them. No, well, don't make them running scared. No, it makes them dangerous. Well, that was fun. Hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed putting it together for you. Those guys are knuckleheads. Might do it again. I know what's going on with my voice. My voice was terrible. It's getting better. Anyway, stick around. I got more music coming for you. In another installment of Those Are People Who Died, where I dedicate a song to a friend in my past that has died is either a song that they liked or a song that reminds me of them you're listening to Radio Americana Detroit on tapdetroit.com
It's intermission time, folks, so hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right over to our refreshment center for the most extravagant array of refreshment goodies ever assembled under one roof. Enjoy breathtaking, mouth-watering goodies, everything from a snack to a delicious full meal. At our refreshment center, you'll find a large variety of goodies to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, or your sweet tooth. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Visit our refreshment center now. What is the cult of odd? Well, it's a little bit of... and a little... But most importantly, it's about becoming... One of us! You can join the cult every Friday night from 8 p.m. to 11 Eastern right here on tapdetroit.com or by heading to thecultofodd.com. Let us in. Let us fill you in. Join the cult of odd today. What was that, man? What was? What the hell was that, man? Huh? No, man. Like, hey, man. Wow, I was watching this object, man. Like, like the satellite that we saw the other night, right? And like, it was just going right across the sky, man. And then, I mean, it just suddenly, uh, <laughs> it just changed direction and went uh, whizzing right off, man. <laughs> it flashed. You stoned out of your mind, man. Oh yeah, man. Hey, like I'm stoned, you know, man. But like, you know, I saw a satellite. And it was going across the sky, and it flashed three times at me and zigzagged and whizzed off, man. And I saw it. That was a UFO beaming back at you. Me and Eric Heisman was down in Mexico two weeks ago. We seen 40 of them flying in formation. They, 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 they have got bases all over the world now, you know. They've been coming here ever since 1946, when the scientists first started bouncing radar beams off of the moon. And they have been living and working among us in vast quantities ever since. The government knows all about them. What are you talking, man? Mm. Well, you just seen one of them, didn't you? Hey, man, I saw something, man, but I didn't see it working here, you know what I mean? They are people just like us from within our own solar system, except that their society is more highly evolved. I mean, they don't have no wars. They got no monetary system. They don't have any leaders because, I mean, each man is a leader. I mean, each man, because of their technology, they are able to feed, clothe, house, and transport themselves equally and with no effort. This is People Who Died, where I dedicate a song that reminds me of someone who has died, or it was maybe a song that they liked. Today's person who died is Laura Rogers, Royal Oak, Michigan. She was a free spirit. She was Janis Joplin without a microphone. Feather Boas, 
silk and lace. Sometimes a purple streak in her hair. Drove muscle cars. Good sense of humor. She was a rock star. Like I said. She's Janis Joplin without a microphone. She had a funny sense of humor. She thought things were funny. Some people didn't think were funny. Like she told me a joke one time. She was she saw a cartoon in a Reader's Digest sitting in the doctor's office and there's two old ladies and one lady said when I'm down in the dumps I get a new hat and the other lady said oh is that where you got that one she thought that was so funny I thought it was funny too but not because it was a funny joke but because she thought it was so funny anyways I'm gonna play a Rod Stewart song Cause that was her favorite, Rod Stewart. I don't know what her favorite Rod Stewart song was. I don't think she had a favorite Rod Stewart song. I think she loved them all equally. So I'm just gonna do. Um, I'm just gonna pick one that I like, and I'm sure that would be fine with her. So this goes out to Laura Rodgers.
didn't need anyone but me I sincerely thought I was so complete Look how wrong you can be The women I've known I wouldn't let time ask you They wouldn't give you the time of day But the slim-eyed lady knocked me off my feet God, I was glad I found you And if there was words I could tell to you To help you on the way down the road I couldn't quote you no dickens to share your good tune. Laura would have approved of my choice of that song. I remember her liking that song a lot. I never realized how how much that song rhymes though. <laughs> Great tune. So that's it for this week's installment of Those Are People Who Died. And it goes out to Laura Rogers. Miss you. Hi there, you're listening to The Plank Man Show on tapdetroit.com. Oh, wait a minute. No, you're not. This is a promo for the show. So if you're listening to this, you're not listening to the show. You need to listen to the show Thursday night at 8 p.m. on tapdetroit.com with myself and Ted Eberly, where not only do we talk local music, we also play local and independent artists from 
all around the world, and we get into sports and all kinds of other stuff. So tune in Thursday night, 8 p.m., tapdetroit.com. All right, you're listening to Radio Americana Detroit, playing local music from in and around Detroit and around the whole state of Michigan. I got a new one here for you from local musician from Grand Rapids, Ernie Clark and the Magnificent Bastards, The Other Way Around.
Okay, here's another guy, local musician. Not sure where he's from. I found him on Facebook, a local Facebook group page called Trinity House Open Mic Stage. People go there and they they perform their songs on their phone or cameras, whatever. Um, anyway, so he played this song. This is a good. This is a good tune. And he posted a posted a studio version of this song, and I really like it. For me, it it's a reminiscent of of a Pink Floyd song. Not that it sounds like Pink Floyd, but it sounds like it could be a Pink Floyd song. Words are pretty powerful. Might mean different things to different people. But this is Brian Elam with the breath of a clone. Thank you. 
It's like a death in the family with nobody to claim. Like a cold wind blowing on an expired flame Like those you stood with have left you standing alone Like a foul odor and the breath of a clone to stand against authority and now they stand with authority stick around we got some more local music coming up not the chosen brother Eli it was Paul who was chosen he, he found me and told me about your land just a fool. Why are you talking about I did what your brother Don't couldn't. Say I this broke to you me. and I beat you. It was Paul told me about you. He's the prophet. He's the smart one. He knew what was there and he found me to take it out of the ground. You know what the funny thing is? Listen, listen, listen. I paid him $10,000 cash in hand. Just like that. He has his own company now. Prosperous little business, three wells producing, $5,000 a week. Stop crying, you sniveling ass. Stop your nonsense. You're just the afterbirth, Eli. No. They slithered out on your mother's filth. No. They should have put you in a glass jar on the mantelpiece. Where were you when Paul was suckling at his mother's tea day? Where were you? Who was nursing you, poor Eli? One of Bandy's sounds. That land has been had. Nothing you can do about it. It's gone. It's had. If you would just you take this lease, Daniel. Drain it. Drain it, Eli, you boy. Drain dry. I'm so sorry. If, if you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and I have a straw. There it is. That's a straw, you see. Watch it. My straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Don't bully me, Daniel. <laughs>
only got worse when I started to talk I never cared to listen, I did what I saw I cared about my guitar and the girl next door Seasons changed, years went by The devil started to show more in my eyes Of the smoke I told The truancy notes always shows up in every single song I wrote I like wild women, drinking and sinning Oh mama try but that's just the beginning The motels, jail cells and dingy bars will look bad if you see it We're shooting star I like wild women Drinking and sinning Oh mama try but that's just the beginning Sometimes I wonder if I would have been good If daddy hadn't left my neighborhood I try to stand on my own I've been roughed up, used, bruised, pushed to the floor I've exploded and been rolling Try to make things right But I seem to forget This noose is tight And the apples don't fall Fall from the tree, no apples don't fall Fall from the tree, especially right in ones like me Oh, what were they saying when they buried me? I like wild women, drinking and sinning Oh, mama, try but that's just the beginning The motels, jail Sales and dingy bars will look bad if you see it. We're shooting star. I like wild women drinking and sinning. Oh, mama, try, but that's just the beginning. Sometimes I wonder if I would have been good if dad hadn't left my neighborhood. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And sinning. Oh, mama, try, but that's just the beginning. The motels, jail cells, and dingy bars may look bad if you see it from a shooting star. I like wild women drinking and sinning. Oh, mama, try, but that's just the beginning. Sometimes I wonder if I would have been good if dad hadn't left my neighborhood. Whoa.
everything Just like we really left it Was it just the other day We were acting stupid Wishing our days away Now we wish we could redeem them Someone pinch me now Is this real or am I sleeping?
words I can't stay I got wheels on the pavement Forget about the government I ain't paying no tax I got a pocket full of money And things are looking sunny And I'm slipping right to the cracks I couldn't live that life no more I made a beeline for the door I'm highway bound I'm highway bound three local musicians for you. That last set, Going Backwards, Southbound Cadillac by yours truly, the Robert Lewis Band. Before that, we had One Ton Trolley with Dreaming. And we started off that set with Wild Women by Cash O'Reilly. Stick around. I got some more local music for you. Until a while ago, it was like nobody ever saw me. Even I didn't know if I really existed. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. You don't listen, do you? I don't think you ever really hear me. You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. But you don't listen anyway. I said, for my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. They've cut our funding. We're closing down our offices next week. The city has cut funding across the board. Social services is part of that. This is the last time we'll be meeting. Okay. They don't give a shit about people like you, Arthur. 
And they really don't give a shit about people like me either. Then I saw 
They call it rock and roll.
girl, Jody girl, spend your time today watching clocks spin the hours away. Jody girl, you know the world going around all day. Thinking back to the things he used to say well, Didn't he put you on a pedestal When first you met Show us some honeymoon So hard to forget Whatever happened to that crazy boy With a love light in his eyes Used to bring you flowers every day I sit here Cloudy afternoon Watching a soap opera Soap opera on TV Your old man's working mm, And your kids are out playing They're out playing and Little girl, you ain't feeling too free Keep thinking back, thinking back to high school, those high school days. All the wild, wild, good times you had. All the boyfriends, boyfriends knocking at your door. Jody girl, Jody girl, you're spending your time today Watching clocks spinning the hours away Jody girl, you know the world Things he used to say well, Didn't he put you on a pedestal When first you met Show us some honeymoon crazy boy with a love light in his eyes whatever happened to that crazy boy 
All right, that's it for this week, folks. Thanks for listening to Radio Americana Detroit. I managed to play mostly local musicians in this show. I hope to do more in the future. So if you have some songs you want me to play, send them to the Radio Americana at gmail.com and maybe I'll play them. I probably will. All right, I'm out of here. Peace.